Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome to this episode of the Family Brand Podcast. I should know how to say that by now, the Family <laughs> Brand Podcast. Brand? It's just Chris and I today, so we... Yeah, I'm excited about that. And we, Chris had a topic in mind, talking about commitment. So this is going to be one of those episodes where I feel like maybe I'd let him take the lead on this and I will just be here cheering him on in the background. I don't know. I'll probably end up talking a lot too. But Chris, take it away. Yeah, well, I think, I don't know if any of you have this that happens in your life, but all of a sudden it seems like there's these reoccurring themes that'll show up a lot in like a short period of time or actual like words or phrases. And this idea of commitment has just, it's been a conversation that I have been in a lot lately with our, with, with, I, I say my clients in my consulting coaching company, we've been having this conversation as a family of what does it really mean to be committed and the, the benefits of, of commitment and, and being committed. And I'm going to demonstrate, first of all, like this, this idea of commitment, it's one of those words that's used a lot. And I think that's part of the risk in it is, okay, we use, we use the word commitment, but what does it mean to actually be committed? Like, what would it mean to be committed for you individually? What would it mean to be committed as a couple? What would it mean to be committed in your family? So I'm going to share with you the most powerful way that I know how to describe or demonstrate commitment. I'm going to do it with Melissa. Okay. Okay. So Melissa, do you have children? Yes. I have your children. Five of them. Last time I checked, five so far. Um, will your children starve? Not if. No. No. What would you be willing to do to make sure your children don't starve? And basically anything. Okay, anything. What would keep you, if as long as you're alive and able, what would keep you from making sure your children don't starve? Um, nothing. By the way, that was Melissa's phone that went off. Mine is on vibrate. Mine's on silent. Um, so think about the power of what just happened. It might, you might be like, where are you going with this? And I've done, I, I've done this with moms all over when I speak, when I'm talking about this idea of commitment and I'll ask a mom, I'll say, will your children starve? No. And rarely is there any, any like hesitation. And then I'll say, well, what would you do? What would you be willing to do to make sure your children don't starve? I would do anything and, and really consider what they're saying there. Like if it came down to it, they would do anything to make sure their children don't starve. And then what would keep you from having your children starve? Nothing. That to me is commitment. It's the strongest form of commitment that I believe exists and it's a mother's commitment. Because think about how many other things in your life that you had as goals. If I was like, will that goal or will that dream starve? And if you could say with the same amount of certainty, no. What would you be willing to do to make sure it happens? Anything. What would keep you from make, you know, it not happening, nothing. And I don't think that we look at 
commitment that way. Even things we say we're committed to, myself included, I think a lot of times my definition of commitment, if I'm not careful, is I'm committed until. Like I'm committed until what? What What do you think, Liz? For anyone. People are committed until. Um, plans change. Yeah. But like really like that is unfortunately, I think that the the definition we have of commitment in the world today, a lot of times is I'm committed until. I'm committed until it gets hard. I'm committed until plans change. I'm committed until it gets uncomfortable. I'm committed until I just get bored. I'm committed until something better comes along. I'm committed until I don't want to. And it's like, I think we've lost a little bit of relationship with this idea of what it really means to be committed. And if commitment carried with it more of this idea of like, I'll do anything. There's, there's nothing that would keep me from doing everything within my power. And it's actually interesting. I just came across some uh, research recently from, it was an article written by Forbes and it was based on some of the most recent research, um, from the CDC regarding divorce. And I'm just looking at it here. It says the, the most, the most common reason for divorce, lack of commitment. 75% of the individuals and couples cited lack of commitment as the reason for their divorce. This was the most common cause of marriage ending, exceeding even infidelity. I thought that was really fascinating. Mm, that is interesting. It's like, you know, a lot of things that you commonly think, right? Like infidelity, money. It's like, no, the, the number one cause of divorce is lack of commitment. What do you think that looks like in that situation? What does lack of commitment even mean? Well, I think even when you and I were separated, right? where we were kind of, um, we were considering giving up on our divorce or giving up on our marriage and getting divorced. It's like, are we more committed to doing the work necessary to like really make this work and create something beautiful? Or are we more committed maybe to like our short-term individual happiness? I mean, I think it can look like lots of things, but again, it's like we made a promise to each other when we got married. And again, I, and I'm not saying that all marriages should stay together think a lot of times it's for the best at the end and for healthy reasons. But I think there's a lot of marriages that end that, that could make it and be really happy if they had that idea of commitment of, yeah, there's like this, will your marriage end? No. What would you be willing to do? Anything. What would keep you from creating a great marriage? Nothing. And I know that's a hard, like I wasn't thinking that way when we were separated. And so I think it's just like, what are you actually committed to? Are you committed to your own individual happiness? Are you committed to just making it work and existing in the marriage? Or are you committed to really creating something beautiful together, which will take work? And my focus of this episode wasn't to actually talk about not getting divorced. And that was just an interesting thought thing that I just read recently about this idea of that I think just in our society in general, as individuals, as couples, as families, it's like, what does it really mean to be committed? And this is a conversation I've loved having recently with everyone, including our own children. And it was a really powerful uh, conversation. And so I'm just offering as a possibility that what if we change the way that we looked at commitment? What if commitment was I'm committed until I don't like my spouse. I'm committed until my spouse annoys me. I'm committed until something better comes along, right? It's like, no, I'm committed. Like I'll, I'll do anything. Like nothing will keep me from this dream or this goal I have. And that doesn't always mean it's going to happen, but at least that's the place I'm coming from, right? I'm coming from this place of real commitment. And then my mentor, Steve, and you know, one of my mentors and my current coach, Steve Hardison, he talks about this idea that when someone gets really committed, it creates a black hole in the universe. 
And I really, I believe that and I've experienced that. There's been times in my life where I get super committed to something and I, and I declare it and I let people know about it. And then it's almost like unforeseen forces of some kind, like start to operate on my behalf and help me out. And like what a black hole does in science, we learned is it, it sucks things into it. And I think that's what happens with your commitment. If your commitment's strong enough, it literally pulls people, situations, things towards you for your assistance. And I'm going to pull up this quote actually just reminded me. Um, I love this quote about commitment by uh, William Hutchison Murray. He says, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would have never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no man or woman could have dreamt would have come their way. I have learned a deep respect for one of Goeth's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, magic, and power in it. Begin it now. And just, just that idea that the moment one definitely commits oneself, something happens. Whatever your beliefs are, whether it's God, the universe, karma, dharma, like I believe there's a force out there greater than us that recognizes commitment and is like, oh, someone just got committed. Let's hook them up. Like, let's start to help. And I think that the actual, if you look at the universe or nature, it operates off of commitment. Like, I don't know any tree or any plant or any animal that's kind of like, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot or I'll try, but if it doesn't work out, I'll just, it's like, no, they're all in. Like, like the way nature operates is it's committed. And so I think when we get committed, I really do believe it creates a black hole, but with no commitment, there's no black hole. So meaning there's nothing out there like assisting you beyond your own power and control. I think a story is really good to, you know, talk about this concept, but then I think a story would just really drive it home. Tell a story about um, Matt. We heard from Matt on the podcast um, a while back, Matt Harrington, about how he wanted to work with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So Matt works with me in the Possibility Company. And 90 days ago, roughly, our two oldest boys, Tate and Tanner, were over at Matt's house because they, they love Matt and Matt's just awesome and is always pouring into them. Um, and this is right after the Arizona Dimebacks lost in the World Series, but was remarkable. Like they went into the playoffs the last seed. No one, ha no one gave them a chance. And they have this miraculous, like, again, talk about commitment. They made it to the World Series. And my, my son Tanner loves baseball. And so I think he mentioned to Matt something like, oh man, I really wanted to go to one of the World Series games. We just couldn't make it work with our schedule. And Matt goes, oh, don't worry. Someday we'll be watching the Arizona Dimebacks from uh, their corporate box because we're going to do leadership and culture work through the possibility companies, through my company with the Arizona Dimebacks. So he says this to Tate and Tanner. And Matt's never even said this to me. And Tate and Tanner are like, oh, that's cool. So they come home that night and I can't remember one. I think it was Tanner. He's like, hey, dad, guess what Matt said? He said that you guys are going to do work with the Arizona Diamondbacks, like some leadership and culture work in, within five years. That's what Matt said. Within five years, we'll be doing work with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I'm like, that's awesome. Now we don't work with sports organizations. It's not a focus of ours, but Matt just has had this childhood dream of doing something with the Arizona Diamondbacks, loves baseball and is really impressed with their culture. Because if you read a little bit about them, you know, they have an amazing culture. Well. 
one of the things I know about commitment is the power of declaring it and saying it and using language. So I don't hear that and just dismiss it. And I don't hear it and just be like, oh, that's cool. I hear it and go start telling other people about it. Like, hey, we're going to work with Arizona Dimebacks. Hey, Matt on my team is committed to work with Arizona Dimebacks. And one of the people I say that to is my coach, Steve Hardison. And Steve goes, well, you know that I have another client that I'm coaching who's currently working with the Arizona Dimebacks. And I was like, I didn't know that. And so he said, well, he'll be in town um, for a coaching session. And if Matt is willing to drive here and wait outside my office, I might be able to give Matt five minutes with him. Well, that's a two and a half hour drive. And do you think Matt went? Yeah. Why? Because he's committed. So he drives two and a half hours, sits outside of my coach's office, does eventually get his five minutes, meets, meets with this, uh, my coach's client. And I'd love to tell you this like magical story of like, and he walked out of there with the connection, but he didn't. Matt was like, it was, it wasn't underwhelming, but it wasn't like incredible. It was just, you know, we talked about the Arizona Dimebacks, but on the way out, Steve goes to Matt and passing. Oh, hey, by the way, Ken Crenshaw is our guy. All right, see ya. And shuts the door. So Matt goes, okay, Ken Crenshaw. Files that away. So Matt goes and looks up Ken Crenshaw. He's the head of uh, physical and mental performance for the Arizona Dimebacks. And there's this amazing article written about him, how he really is the secret weapon. And you can just go Google Ken Crenshaw, the Arizona Dimebacks, and you'll probably find the article. I think it was written by Major League Baseball. So that's all we have to go on. And it's not really that big of a deal, but Matt keeps thinking about Ken Crenshaw. So fast forward to maybe like three or four weeks ago, I go to an event, I speak on Friday, and I talk about possibility, not knowing who's in the crowd, and I, I give my talk, and I come home Friday night. Matt goes to that same event on Saturday, again, drives two and a half hours down there to go to the last 10 minutes of the event to say hi to some of our clients who are in attendance. So he shows up says hi to some of our clients, kind of mixing and mingling after the event. He's standing there and all of a sudden this guy walks by and Matt just glances down at his name tag and it's Ken Crenshaw. And Matt's like, you gotta be kidding me. That's, that's the guy. Steve said, our guy is Ken Crenshaw. That's our guy. And that's what Matt's in my head. He's, Matt said in his head, he's like, that's our guy. That's our guy. But he's like, do I approach him? And Matt said for a split second there, I thought about not approaching him, but then of course, like I'm committed. So I approach him. He started following him. Started following him. And Ken now tells the story. He's kind of like, who's this guy like, <laughs> like stalking me? And I think Ken even goes, hey, you following me? Kind of like joking. And Matt goes, yeah, I am. And, you know, Steve and this other client told me to talk to you. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, then what's up? And they have this really great conversation. And Ken is just incredible. The more we've gotten to, to know him and just anyways. And so that was on a Saturday which Ken had heard you speak the day before. Yeah, I didn't know that. I never knew that Ken Crenshaw was our guy. <laughs> Matt had never told me that. And I had, didn't know that he and his wife were in the audience on Friday when I spoke. And they were really moved by my talk. And we're like, man, we want to connect with Chris. So I, it's just crazy. Like, again, when you get committed, it creates a black hole and people get start getting pulled into your world. Not just people, but all kinds of things. So that was Saturday that Matt talks to him. By Wednesday, Matt and I, go meet with Ken and his team at their facility and meet with them for like five hours. It just, it was incredible. And I told Matt, I said, when we're walking on, or we're walking onto the Arizona Dimebacks facilities, I was like, we've already won. Like, no matter what comes of this relationship, Matt, do you realize the miracle of this? Like 90 days ago, I didn't even know this. You said within five years and we're, we're here. And it was just incredible. Like, 
We got to meet some of their, you know, very best players. We got to tour their facilities. Ken invites us to dinner that night. Just an amazing dude. We've just become, I just feel like great friends more than anything. And I love him and I love his team. Well, that was on Wednesday. Well, that Friday and Saturday, um, a business partner, Brian Harris and I were putting on a two-day event in Phoenix uh, for dentists and their team members all around just like personal transformation and what are you really committed to and overcoming like your limiting beliefs and your, your judgments and stepping into possibility and realizing how much you matter. And at dinner that night, I go, Ken, why don't you come to the event? And Ken being Ken, oh, go ahead. I, when you had been at dinner the prior Wednesday. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like when I say like we held an event Friday and Saturday, just like two nights before at dinner with Ken, I said, Ken, I think you'd love this event we're putting on. Why don't you come? And, it, and I was thinking him and Ken being hit Ken, he's like, well, my favorite number is 11. So later that night, he texted me back and he goes, I'm going to get 10 other people there with me. And I go, great. We'll add 11 seats for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the back. And they came and it was just incredible. And, and then from us telling that story and again, saying out loud what we're committed to, we've now gotten a connection to the loss, uh, to the LA Dodgers. We've gotten a connection to the Detroit Tigers. 90 days ago, I didn't even know we wanted to work with baseball teams and I don't know where it will go, but there's so many lessons and principles in that, that I want to share with you around commitment. And one is if you never declare out loud what you're committed to, there is no black hole. And in some ways there's no commitment. And so like I have this crystal, right? It's crystal tiger's eye that I carry that I got on the North shore, which I love of Hawaii when we lived there. So to me, commitment is like this. Let's pretend this is a seed. And a lot of times I think there's things that we know we're committed to that we really want, but it's so scary to say it out loud that instead we just carry it around in our pocket. And like once in a while we go, oh, okay, it's still there. And it feels good to like touch it. Once in a while it feels good to like make sure no one's looking and look at it. And it's like, okay, I'm committed. And I'm not saying you can't be committed without declaring it out loud, but it's almost like the universe and other people don't know so they can't conspire with you. So I really think about commitment like a seed and the way that you plant the seed of commitment so that you get it in the ground so it has a chance is you got to declare. Like think if Matt never tells Tate and Tanner 90 days ago, he just keeps that to himself. It's like, I can't go to work, Steve, the universe, like, and like, what are the odds that Matt's standing there and the guy, our guy walks right in front of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so here's what's interesting though. There's, there's something that keeps us from saying out loud what we're committed to. Any guesses, Melissa? What would have any of us not say out loud something that we're really committed to that we really want that might be a bit like bold? Many reasons. I'm just thinking about myself. I think it could be um, some fear around the work that would be required, some fear around, you know, what, but what if I do achieve that thing and then will that mm. change my life or how would that impact people that I care about? Or maybe I don't have what it takes or the, and mean, trying and not trying and feeling would just go on to prove that I, I didn't have what it yeah. takes. And that could be really confronting. So I think that's actually a useful thing to realize is there are things that would keep us from saying out loud what we're committed to because it could be scary. Like to your point of like, well, what if I fail? What if people hold me accountable to it? What if people are like, who do you think you are? You're not going to work. You know, it's like, oh, so there's a lot that actually scares us from saying out loud what we're committed to. But again, if you don't say it out loud, it's like it doesn't exist. Like the seed is just in your pocket. So it does take some courage 
and you might have to confront some fear and you're like, hey, this is really scary, but I'm going to declare out loud what it is I really want and what I'm really committed to. And when you do that, now you've planted the seed. But just like any seed, you can't just plant a seed in the ground and then never do anything with it. It'll just dry up. So you have to water and nurture the seed. And this is my belief. I don't have the truth. This is just my belief and my experience that there's three ways that you can water that seed. So the first way you get it in the ground is you got to declare it out loud. And I'm not saying you go tell the world, but you got to, you want to tell people, right? Like Matt did to my boys. And then my boys told me, then I started telling people. So that gets it planted. So the, the declaring of your commitment plants the seed. And then one of the key ways to water that seed so that it starts to take root and eventually bear some fruit that you can re harvest, you first water it by continuing to talk about it. Because I think it'd be really easy to say, okay, I said it once off my chest. Like I don't need to, I don't have to say it ever again. And my experience is, is, is the exact opposite. It's like by continuing to talk about it, it, it also, it not only do you water it, it makes the black hole get a little bit bigger, right? Because when you declare it, it's open the black hole, but it's like, we want to get that thing as big as we can to have as much things being pulled to it. So you talk about it. The second way you water the seed is you believe it will happen. And look, maybe it doesn't happen, but what, what would be the harm in believing it could? And then the third, maybe the most confronting is you ask yourself a really honest question, which is, well, what would I have to do and who would I have to be to actually have that come to pass? So it's like, what's the work required? So you plant the seed by declaring it. You water it by continuing to talk about it. You water it by believing it can happen. And then you really water it by doing the work that would actually be in alignment with creating that. And as I've shared this with people, and as we continue to share the story of the Arizona Diamondbacks, it's just remarkable, like other miracles that we are seeing for people. But I just think like one, realizing what commitment is, it's more than just, oh, I'll give it a shot or yeah, I'm committed until no, it's like, I'm really going to go all in. I'm really going to like come from this place of I'll do anything. There's nothing that will stop me. And then it's realizing the power of declaring with language out loud what you're committed to. It's almost like you got to give, you got to give it a chance. Like you, you want to open that black hole. And this could be anything. I'm thinking of a parent listening to this being like, well, I don't have any, I don't want to work with the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, fill in the blank about any, anything huge. It doesn't even have to be anything like grand or big. Can you say something more about that? If someone's listening and they're like, I don't, what the, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's like, think about this. Another way of asking the question, which might sound kind of weird, is what areas of your life would you want a black hole open out in the universe working on your behalf for you? And I can't think of an area of my life I wouldn't want one. So it's like, what am I committed to financially? What am I committed to with my health? What am I committed to with my marriage? What am I committed to with my parenting? What am I committed to in my business? And so it's like, it could be, yeah, it could be anything. And it's really, I get, again, I get, it's really scary to say, like, like you might have a financial goal of like, we want to start saving this much money a month. That's what we're committed to. Or we want to pay off student loans or we want to, it's like, man, that's scary to say out loud. Cause again, for all the reasons I might, what if I don't do it? What if I fail at it? What if people judge me? What if I'm now accountable? But I promise you that when you declare it out loud, you're, you're now committed and things can start to support you, but it can be in any area or any domain of your life. And look, I think Melissa and I have experienced this. Like several years ago when we wanted to buy um, the home we were renting in Gilbert, we had this vision of like what we could do with this home and we could turn it into our dream home and remodel it and really 
turn the property into like our dream kind of property. And it was like really scary for us. We'd never done something that big. And so we started talking about it out loud and we created a vision board for it. And I would say things started happening for us. Like the universe conspired with us and we were able to buy that home. And yeah, because even it wasn't necessarily that. So it was like, we want a house with these things and the house that we were in renting at the time. It ended up being the house we were renting, but we and the landlord told us forever, like, I'll never sell this. Like, I'm, uh, this is going to be the home I retire into. And we had never really gotten committed, but it was like, we got really committed. And then out of nowhere, one day, the landlord comes over and is like, you know what? I'm going to sell this house. Do you guys want to buy it? And we had not even considered that home the possibility. We were, but we looked at our vision board and we were like, well, what if we just redesigned this home and like created it here, you know? So what I'm saying is we've had experiences like, or when I, when I, said I wanted to do a bodybuilding show. Like I got, again, I got really committed. I declared it, which is the last thing I wanted to do specifically around that. I did not want to tell anyone that I was committed to do a bodybuilding show. Why? Well, cause then I'll be accountable. People will know. And what if I don't follow through? And what if I'm embarrassed? You know, it's like, but until I declared it, I wasn't committed. And I probably would have never done it. But the very first person I told out loud, I was like, okay. And now like I got committed and I, and I kept talking about it. I kept telling people. I believed in it, it would happen. And I did the work and then I got on stage. So it's like, it's also what I, I guess what I'm realizing too, is it's not, it's not rocket science. It's farming. I think sometimes we think about how do I create what I want in life and how do I create miracles in any area of my life? And we think it's like some big, like mysterious, like voodoo, like weird. And it's like, no, it's like, that's why I use that analogy of planting the seed. It's kind of like farming. It's like you plant the seed by declaring it. You water it with your belief and faith. You water it by talking about it and you water it with work. And it usually will take root and bear fruit. And you, it's not rocket science, it's farming. Like you are going to sow what you're planting and what you're nurturing and growing. Like that's. You're going to reap what you sow. Or reap what you yeah. sow, yes. Yeah, it's like, because I used to think about like, I'd see people getting what they want and I thought it was like this big mystery. Like, what am I missing or. And then the more I got around really successful people or just, just people who were achieving great things in any area of their life, personally, relationally, marriage, parenting, business, it was like there was a similar pattern of commitment they would follow. So it wasn't like rocket science. It was like farming. So my whole point going back to the house is Melissa and I have recognized though that there's been times where we're really committed to something and it's like all kinds of like little miracles or big miracles like show up and like things fall into place. And then we'll kind of get in this place where we're like, Seems like we're kind of coasting and we're still doing okay. But what we've always, every time that happens, we realize like, oh, we don't have anything right now in our life that we're really committed to. I mean, underlying, yeah, sure. We're always committed to like, whatever, be good people, be good parents, have a good marriage. But it's like so much more is possible than that. And so if you really want, and, and look, take my, don't take my word for it. Try it out. Like pick an, pick an area of your life, any area and go through this process and ask yourself, what am I really committed to? What's something I'd really want to create? Get clear on that first. Could be health, a relationship, a hobby, a business, marriage, whatever it is. So first take the time to get really clear on what you actually want to create, what you're committed to, and then find the courage to say it out loud. It can just be to one person to begin with. And then find the courage to keep saying it. Even if it's to yourself, so keep it alive, find the courage to believe it could happen. And you could believe it could happen 
and yet not believe it will happen. So I'm not saying you have to have this like 100% faith of like, I know this is going to happen. It's like, ah, it might not happen, but I'm going to believe that it at least could. And then probably the most important thing is write down at the top of a piece of paper, what would I have to do and who would I have to be to fill in the blank of this thing? And then just sit with that and see what comes to you. And then be, ready, be willing to do that work. I promise you that you'll either create the thing you say you're committed to, or you'll get way closer than you would have. And it was fun. We did this as a family. I think last Sunday, the Sunday before we, we went around and each one of us said it. And it was fun to hear our kids say things of what they're really committed to. And then kind of take them through the exercise. Okay. Then they said it out loud in front of the family, which is planting the seed. We talked to them about the power of continuing to talk about it. We talked to them about the power of believing it can happen. And then we gave each of them time to write down, okay, what would I have to do and who would I have to be to actually do this? And then we helped them work through like, okay, the action plan. So I just believe commitment rocks the world. And it's like, why not open a black hole that out in the universe that's helping you out? Um, I'd love to hear what black holes are opening for you. So and podcasts are kind of hard in that way to like give and get feedback. But um, come tell me about your black holes on Instagram at our family brand. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.